When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the vibe, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Running Off the Screen. I'm the man they call Mac, and I am honored to be joined by two of the best, most hardest working men in NBA and Raptors media. A tag team I dub Double Dragon, Esfandiar Barahani, and Samson Folk. How you guys doing? <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> Double Dragon is a, a very interesting moniker. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take any moniker yeah. at any point in time. People just call me whatever you want. I'm trying to create a, a digital footprint here. Okay, <laughs> Google Google Double Dragon and tell me you guys couldn't like see someone like photoshopping your faces onto that pose. Let's see. I got you now. I'm, now I'm just. Okay. I'm curious. <laughs> Who's the I'm quickest curious. on the gun? Let's Double, see. Double Dragon. Dragon. <laughs> 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 Okay. Like the you know video what? game? Is yeah, that yeah. What we're talking about? Okay, I got you. Is this because you. I was saying I was going to put him in a calf slicer at the party? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. that led to it. Yeah, I was like, what can I yeah. tie this into? <laughs> Couple fighters. I see it. That's yeah. funny. You don't know what Double Dragon is? I've never played the game. I don't think I have, no. Oh, my. I grew is up it, with that. Is this an arcade game? I'm pretty sure this is. Yeah, it was an arcade game, and I had it for Nintendo. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't even know about that. Damn. I never played arcade games. Um, I was told they were witchcraft. I grew up in a really Christian town. <laughs> okay, anyway. I shouldn't, yeah, I shouldn't laugh. But, but uh, okay, let's get let's get this underway. Um, <laughs> you guys attended Raptors Media Day, and you guys asked a great assortment of questions. And I was wondering if you guys could break down three or so moments that stood out the most to you throughout the whole experience it couldn't even it might not even be the questions right and most importantly do you feel the blinding bright lights were foreshadowing a bright future ahead for this squad oh and, and i'll start with s okay um i mean wow the bl- the blinding bright lights that was that i like that i like that a lot mac um the three takeaways i would probably have is that fred seemed healthy uh from what he he mentioned and how he felt he seemed a a lot more healthy and spry if you will so that's good heading into this season uh and i think you know on top of that the two things that i i thought were very interesting from nick nurse and crew like from all of them it just seemed like they were adaptable if you will like they seem like they were very flexible and they were looking to kind of change a couple of things maybe add a couple of layers to what they were doing uh obviously with a couple of additions that they have in Otto porter jr and christian coloco that that kind of changes a couple of things that they can do adds more depth and with that i think they understand that they can probably be a little bit more you know flexible and and versatile in what they do um and i think that you know one of the things that was really mentioned is the whole minutes thing between Siakam and Van Vliet that was brought up a lot and I think there were a lot of reassurances and assurances that hey you know we're gonna take care of that so those are my main takeaways there but yeah do you, 
<clears throat> do you feel that is a a good way to look at it? Like just saying that the minutes are going to go down, it's going to go down. Do, or do you think we've did enough in the mm-hmm. off season to make that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, with media day, there's always, and I'm learning this too, but it seems like it's just, they want to give the right answer or the answer that, you know, they want people to hear. Um, I think that applies to every NBA team, you know, just going through what everybody else has said. It's, it's always, you know, it's first day of school vibes. You want to make sure you leave the best impression and you don't want to say anything that you don't want to you know, walk back. So yeah, they're going to stay, they're going to play last minutes and then maybe halfway through the season, you know, <laughs> those, those end of bench guys aren't cutting it and you see those guys minutes go back up. But yeah, it's, it's true that, 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 that comment could totally, you know, flip on its head and be something completely different. And Samson. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll address the, the minutes thing. So this kind of been my idea of how it'll shake out, but if the Raptors find success, well, it hinges on a couple things. If Malachi Flynn is a guy who can lift up subpar role partners, which he has not been, not even remotely close to this point, which isn't really his fault, that's a big ask of a young player, then they can run some bench minutes that way. They can cut down Fred's minutes that way, even Pascal's to some degree. That's an opportunity there. I don't think that's likely. What seems more likely is that the Raptors lean farther into their no-guard lineups, which last year won a ton of minutes, but were more of a, a curveball, a changeup, a knuckleball, whatever, off-speed. And that kind of stuff, they rebounded the hell out of the ball. They didn't let anybody get to the rim, and they created a lot of turnovers, so they got to buoy their offense, the lack of guard skills, you know, shooting, that kind of stuff with more transition. And so signing guys like Otto Porter Jr., bringing Thad Young back, Chris Boucher back, who knows? We'll talk about it later, obviously, you know, what the roster ends up looking like. But of the certified rotation pieces, they they have the they have the guys to run out more of those lineups. And that could be the sell for less Fred minutes. Although it's not it's less determined if that will lower Pascal's minutes. Does that uh, I just have a question here. D- did the massive lineup did that include scotty or not mm-hmm. include scott it did yeah, right so yeah, yeah it okay. was largely um it's typically a four-man lineup that came with the variation on the fifth player and late in the season that variation was that mm-hmm. um earlier on in the season it, it could have been delano or gary you know and gary you know he's still a guard but they were still playing that similar size yeah and uh but it was typically boucher achua pascal and scotty and then so the um well anyway yeah the funky fest quartet as it were um my big takeaways it was interesting that the same way that we talk about each other when we do our work we want to uplift each other and we were like hey these guys do good work hell yeah Uh, the raptors did a lot of big upping to coaches to players you know teammates all that kind of stuff and Gary didn't get a mention from anybody. Now, that could be nothing. It absolutely could be nothing. But this has been not even just media day, but end of season press conferences and stuff like that, where Masai does not mention Gary in the nucleus, in the future plans. Nick Nurse didn't talk about it. Oh, like OG's not talking about Gary the way, and Scotty isn't talking about Gary the way that OG and Scotty talk about each other. Pascal's talking about Fred. Fred's talking about Pascal. You know, Masai is talking about Precious. Gary got left out of all of that kind of stuff. And 
that doesn't have to mean anything because Gary doesn't do much talking in media anyway. He's pretty just, he's trying to keep it to one line. He's trying to get out of there mostly. And maybe that's the players respecting his. They're just like, hey, maybe he doesn't want to be talked about. Who knows? That was interesting. Uh, another interesting thing was probably that, like, yeah, media day, something everybody learns is that there's you're not going to get exactly what you want out of it. And that's why I think a lot of the the better questions can be kind of like the fun fluff stuff. Like, hey, who gets the aux cord? You know, like, tell us who has mm-hmm. the worst taste in music. Because, you know, I, I come off like a head ass when I'm like, hey, Pascal, how much pick and roll do you run? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to get better. And it's, you know, it's I'm not I'm not getting the answer I want. And he's not getting the question he wants at that point in the press conference or anything like that. And then thirdly, yeah. The minutes is probably interesting because there are some avenues to success for that. But Nick Nurse did not feel like he wanted to divulge any of his plans for it. Just like, hey, yeah. I'll play him less. Does that make you happy? Which was a funny answer. But uh, he's not. He kept saying new ideas. Like he, he's like, yeah, we're going to incorporate some new ideas. You know, we have a couple of new ideas and we like that. And then Fred said, hey, you know, we have new ideas. We have new things we want to do. It's like, uh, OK, but. I guess we'll just believe in things and ideas, you know? But <laughs> Yeah, man. That's everybody wants you just to say that things are coming, not to be specific, you know? It's like yeah. it could be anything, you know? It could be a boat, whatever, like that old joke, you know. So you guys you guys don't have the faith in Pro Am Flim or I know almost every other podcast I do, I kind of poke at him. But I feel like this is the best opportunity he's ever going to get right. Like at this point, we need that backup point who can score, who break down defenders uh, in college. He was good. He was a good defender, good in the pick and roll. And now that we have a natural big, you don't think that this is his, like, isn't this like served up on a platter for him at this point? Well, does, are we expecting a rookie big man who wasn't an outstanding roller in college? That doesn't mean he was bad in college. It's just, that wasn't one of the major features of his great, game. Yeah to be the player who makes the difference for Malachi Flynn. I don't I don't think it's a referendum on either of them that that won't be the answer, but that I just don't really see that as the answer, which is tough because Malachi definitely has all the skills. He he plays good enough defense at the guard position to be in the NBA. It just seems like the Raptors aren't interested in being kind of like the incubator for his skills. They yeah. want him to fit in with them despite him not having the same inherent advantages physically that a lot of the guys at the back end of the bench do and that he doesn't have help in the form of a, a good roller or anything like that. Maybe maybe he develops something with that, but that short roll stuff is a lot more dependent on shooting because you get a guy in the middle of the floor and you play those cat and mouse games where it's shooting or cutting from the baseline and stuff like that. But if it's Delano Banton on the wing on a bench lineup why would why would the defender ever cheat out there like he can just hang in and you can just be facing two guys in the paint on the short roll instead of one and you know maybe a guy cutting in or having space to shoot and all that kind of stuff so uh, other developments have to happen on the roster outside of Malachi because I don't think he's so good that he can transform other dudes basically and I don't mean to like poo poo on him I think he's an NBA level player it's just he's in a tough spot I hate to psychoanalyze and I don't want to, but (laughs) I I really don't want to. It's going to be the worst thing. But like a lot of shooting does come with confidence. um, And I think that 
isn't displayed often with him. Again, it's going to sound like I'm psychoanalyzing, but it doesn't seem like the pull-up shooting has translated. It hasn't translated. Um, and I think the the shooting in general, like Samson mentioned, is something that just opens up so much more for him. That's why in the Pro-Ams you see him cooking so much <laughs> is because his jumper is, is opening up so many different opportunities for him to do other things. Yes, it's a Pro-Am, but like there's still that idea of what he can bring on the basketball court and it's it it really is dependent on that jump shot if that jump shot isn't hitting and he can't get it to a sustainable level then you know a lot of the pick and roll things a lot of the finding a guy who can be a roller for you that's negated at that point because it doesn't matter if the if the shooting doesn't translate which it hasn't um and i don't know i don't know if that's gonna kind of just flip a switch in year three and it completely changes and he's you know, maybe with a more consistent role, you know, maybe that's been the issue over the last couple of years. Obviously, him being in and out of the lineup, not getting minutes here and there, something more consistent could probably help with that confidence and getting his shot to a uh, a respectable level. But I don't I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think I don't think that's that's going to happen. And like Samson said, I, I do think he's an NBA guy, but it's just the situation and, and the context of what the Raptors are right now. So. So, so at this point, is Delano Banton ahead of him as far as your depth chart for a backup point? Like, how do you rank them right now? Mm. I don't, I don't I'll think they, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even think they kind of like look at it as like, those are the two guards that we're going to throw behind Fred. I think they probably think, look like lead ball handlers. Who do we have? We have Fred, yeah. we have Pascal, we have Scotty. Um, how can Fred carry lineups? How can Pascal be the ball handler in a couple of lineups? How can Scotty be the ball handler, the primary guy, the initiator in a couple of lineups? So I think it's those guys. And then after that, it's like, okay, cool. Delano can carry the rock a little bit. Malachi can carry the rock a little bit. So there's a pecking order that's even ahead of them. Like, I don't, I don't think Malachi and Delano will get those type of reps. I think the key thing with Delano and me and Samson have talked about this, uh, off pod but it's like him being more of an off ball guy you know yeah. like quote unquote <laughs> i'm gonna use a samson term here punching gaps <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, attacking closeouts no seriously though like him him attacking closeouts uh off ball is probably like the way to go for delano trajectory wise and if he can get to that level where he's you know being a guy who consistently applies pressure to the rim i i think that's the way to go for delano it's not really being that ball handler pick and roll initiator type i don't i don't think that projects well for him like just moving forward in his career so so you, so you think delano is more kyle anderson than a sean livingston at this point remember rookie sean livingston he, he was a straight up point guard pick and rolls yeah but kyle anderson's more of that connector he can be in the high post you give him the ball he'll he'll put pass it out quick and keep the ball moving so you don't think yeah. um delano's like a, a traditional like a point roll. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so, no. But I mean, it's it's also weird because I don't think he's I don't think he's necessarily slow mo either. Um, I think he brings a certain level of athleticism that slow mo doesn't have. Yeah. yeah. Um, in just the sense that like he's like a gazelle in transition, and he knows how to run and kind of like fill a fill a lane. So there's there's certain things that he can do that slow mo can't. But then on the other side, Kyle Anderson is probably a better playmaker. A you know a more concise connector if you will right now maybe delano gets there but i am not i'm not necessarily sold on that i'm excited for delano's season to be honest with you and i think i'm a little bit more 
quote unquote high on Delano than than Malachi, just because I think he has more skills off of the ball than what Malachi might be able to do. I, I think Malachi is is he needs a screen, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, you need a couple of partners who can do that for you and, and roll hard and be a good short roller and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just you know it's too reliant on the other guys where Delano can can kind of. I don't know how to explain it really in a way that that makes sense to me, but Delano can kind of just fit in a lot better with the system than what Malachi can. So my worry typically with Delano and like he's, he's on a partially guaranteed contract. None of that has been confirmed. The Raptors were, you know, it's Delano was playing against sub NBA level talent. Like nurse wasn't with team Canada. None of the big guys were. Everybody left, but Delano stayed behind because Delano, it seems, it's quite apparent that he sees the Raptors' depth chart. He saw that Thad found his niche one minute in it, that they added Otto Porter Jr., who is obviously a winning player, obviously a part of the rotation. And Delano was a guy who last year got touches because the Raptors were thin. I think the Raptors ideally probably would have just had Delano fully 905. Like a guy just working on his game consistently. And because when the Raptors gave Delano the ball, you know, if it wasn't in transition, it was a train wreck. He, like he cannot create advantage. He doesn't have a shot to bring hard closeouts so that when he puts the ball on the floor, he has like a step towards the paint and like his, you know, his extra bit of handle to use the extra dribble to move the defense a little bit more or his passing flare can kind of pop off. He, he also had some nice finishes in, tra- in transition in traffic as well but seeing guys like Thad and Otto come on and that this Raptors team will want especially after last season Fred went from being one of the best shooters in the league truly like a top five guy to his body breaking down because of minutes because of load to where he couldn't even impact the playoff series right and that's not even to mention the defensive end the Raptors want to win those minutes so they can rest their guys Delano has to either A, B, like much better defensively at the point of attack as an off-ball guy so that he can be more effective than a guy like Thad, than a guy like Otto Porter Jr. That's tough. And Thad, they run so much like dribble handoff, delay action through him. He's such a great connective piece. He even hits the corner three. Like he's such an obvious fit. And same with Otto Porter Jr., right? Like this stuff is so intuitive to play those guys. And Delano... It's not as easy to make this Raptors team as it was to make last year's. And Delano needs to make a jump to really get his foot in the door again because it's not as... Like, the the Raptors very clearly are are more interested. Like, Scotty sped up the timeline. Pascal got all NBA again. Fred, at his best, was an all-star. You you have to hit the, like the go button on that team. And Delano, unless he improves, isn't part of that go. So we need. I I need to see him in training camp. Well, I won't see him in training camp. Aiden Moss call him <laughs> Raptors Republic. We'll see him in training camp. Um, but we need to see the preseason. We need to see how that goes and all that kind of stuff. But he definitely has an inside track for sure because he's you know he's from Toronto. People love him. He has the measurements. He wants to push pace. All that kind of stuff. I'm being long winded now, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how things shake out for Delano. I'll just I'll add this real quick. I think like Nurse is still going to run a tight rotation also. So 
being able to crack that rotation is to Samson's point going to be a lot harder. I, I've said this anytime I've been asked, but it's like the Raptors will probably play nine guys, nine and a half, maybe, um, you know, just depending on like if Malachi or Delano can play some spot minutes for you, but it's nine guys really. Um, and I don't think like Samson said, those guys are going to develop the specific skills necessary to be a part of that nine. Um, and like, does it make sense to play them over any of those guys? It's that's a good question to ask because it's probably not. Yeah, that's we're at a tough point in the year. Somebody's heart's going to be broken by the end of preseason, right? And uh, training camp is underway. Like we mentioned, preseason is around the corner. And you know, this competitive, warlike survival instincts is going to be at an all-time high. So I'm curious, out of Delano Banton, Justin Champagny, DJ Wilson, Gabe Brown, Josh Jackson. Who do you guys feel will make the final roster? And I left Wancho out of that list because because of his guarantee, I don't I just I think he has like a substantial yeah. head start, you know. Uh, so let's get back to those names I mentioned. Like, who do you think will make the final roster? And I'll start with Samson. Yeah, and just to your point, like Nick and Pascal both talked about Wancho as well as part of the situation the Raptors have going on. So that adds some some credence to your thoughts but the guarantee obviously is pretty huge so i would i would expect justin champagne to hang around he has despite being a little bit smaller in stature i think he's six foot six instead of like you know he's on the smaller end of the raptors big wings but he also plays quite a bit bigger he's he's very very sturdy at his size he's able to impact the boards a lot he scaled up his three-point shooting in a pinch and did it at a really high level. We didn't really see it in Summer League, but Summer League is such a wash. I think that G League games are a better indicator of where a guy's at than Summer League. And Justin Champagny was too good for the G League. And I expect him to be good enough to make a a Raptors roster. DJ Wilson is also a guy who's too good for the G League, but he's not the offensive rebounder that Justin Champagny is. He hasn't been able to ramp up his three-point shooting that way that Justin Champagny has. And, you know, his technique defensively, probably he's been around for a lot longer than Justin Champagne has. So why would people bet on that? Josh Jackson, I don't think he has really a shot. If, if he shoots the hell out of the ball, then there you go. But he has the least confidence I've ever seen given to a player. Like the Exhibit 9 contract is not. That means that the Raptors don't have to pay him <laughs> if he gets injured. Like Gabe Brown, if he gets injured at yeah. camp. The Raptors have to pay him and keep him on roster until he's healthy. The Exhibit 9 that Josh that Josh Jackson signed, no such protections. Like it's it's a non-guaranteed with another non-guarantee tagged on it. Like that's that's a flyer if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um Gabe Brown, I hope he ends up on the 905. I think he's like his his shot, that lefty stroke is pretty nice. Uh, talked about punching gaps. I think that there's some potential that he can do that at the 905, maybe at the NBA level. And he's also, he's got the size to hang. Um, who, who else am I missing there? Am I missing anybody? Uh, Delano, I think Delano, I guess, I yeah, think Delano. Delano will factor in somehow. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what it looks like, but yeah, it's a toss-up between Champagne and Delano to me, between who's kind of hanging and who's willing to do 905 or if they try their luck with another team at some point i'm not really sure mm-hmm. yes. um yeah i i kind of agree uh i don't think josh Jack- like unless josh jackson goes absolutely nuclear in training camp like hits every single three possible 
um, then I, I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, the thing with DJ Wilson for me is that it would it would give a certain level of redundancy with the roster. I mean, you just have too many guys who are, in my opinion, like these slow, clunky, big man type in, in him and Cam. I think that's probably a little bit too redundant. And I think he doesn't do the stuff that Cam does as well as Cam does. So if you have a mm-hmm. guy like that already, you probably just don't need a DJ Wilson. Although I do think uh, DJ is probably good enough to end up on another roster, um, even when he was gone from the Raptors last year. I believe it was OKC, if I'm not wrong. He was playing on, on OKC. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely going to end up on a roster somewhere. And on top of that, I think just Champagne is is the guy, in my opinion, of this like of this little bunch that has the best chance to crack the rotation just because of the way the Raptors like to play. And he is this offensive rebounding machine from for the size that he is he's this like samson mentioned a 6'6 guy who's probably a little bit smaller but he can he can rebound the hell out of the ball and the raptors that's obviously a really important part of what they do uh if he can just give you a couple of minutes here and there maybe he's that half that i was talking about in the nine and a half man rotation like that could possibly happen by the end of the season so yeah i think i think champagne has the edge here uh and if i think you know we've all talked about it but i'd imagine delano also makes the roster so yeah yeah, I, I think I, I have the same two as well, Delano and Champagne. And I think also the continuity aspect out of, of it too is a major factor. Uh, it's pretty clear that this season, I think one of you mentioned it before, this season is one where the Raptors just want to hit the ground running. No experiments, you know, uh, no growing pains. They just want to get it and go. So the best way to do that is get people who are, who are in your system. They understand what you want, what what's needed of them. And people who excel in their roles. And I think Delano and Champagne bring that. Now, a dark horse for me would be Gabe Brown, of course, because who, who wouldn't want more shooting? And he gives me like a CJ Miles-esque demeanor to his play style. It's a lefty jumper. Yeah. The, that's- <laughs> and they have the same form, too. Like, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Yes. Might I add that I think that it's a possibility that the Raptors could shake up their their two-way situation and we could see um, Gabe Brown on the two-way instead of Ron Harper Jr. That's a good point. So who, who's out Who's out in the two-way then? Oh, Ron Harper Jr., you said. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would, I, it would be more believable to see Jeff Delton and Gabe Brown than um, Gabe Brown and Ron Harper Jr., in my opinion. But, you know. They, also with that stuff, if they don't feel that great about either guy, because two ways are so, you know, it might it might come down to like whoever's organizing the nine oh five, who do they like better at the G League level? Because they yeah. want to win games there too. Exactly. And like if Jeff Delton is a guy they say, man, Jeff Delton is going to, you know, beast and feast as a ball handler at the G League level, we'd love to have a guy like that. He also defended really well at the G League level last year too. So. Bubble MVP, right? So yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And so maybe if they're like, Hey, that guy can do that. Ron Harper Jr. is maybe a bit more of an unknown and you know the shot isn't popping off the way they want it to or whatever like Ron Harper who knows what happens but yeah that that's a I think that's a, a possibility as well that's a good point okay so in this next topic I would like to hear your thought process as a coach you know I'm gonna map out a game scenario for you <laughs> For you Sam- just to Samson's br- going to dust me in this, but it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> We're going to break down. Uh, I'm going to give you a lineup, like a breakdown. And 
you're gonna have to like drop, play a lineup, and just lead your team to victory. And I want people in the comments to join in as well. If you've made it as far through the in, into the episode, listen to the stipulations and then make your lineup. So <clears throat> it goes as follows. We're in game seven of the NBA Finals in a rematch against the Golden State Warriors. Wow. You are the lead assistant for the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse has been ejected from the game and you are tasked to run the team. There are 10 seconds left in the game. You are down two points and get the possession at the half, uh, at half court at, after the timeout. Now, Pascal and Fred have fouled out. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond has five fouls. Steph has five fouls. No other Warriors are in foul tr- trouble. So it's Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Green on the court defending. Who is in your final lineup and what is the play call and what player gets the final shot? We'll start with S, but uh, if you want me to repeat anything, let me know. No, lot- okay. So, so just just for clarity's sake, uh, ten seconds left, right? Yes. Down to mm-hmm. Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Pascal fouled out. Fred fouled out. Yes. You've got uh, what is it? Pool Wiggins. Pretty much the the Warriors' death lineup, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what kind of magic we can work here. So, I'd go. I think you'd have to keep Scotty and OG on there. Absolutely. Those are the locks for me. Um, I think in terms of shot making, you'd probably want Gary in there as well because, you know, 10 seconds left. You got to you got to be able to to get a shot off and maybe Gary can pull one of his one of his highly contested shots <laughs> out of there. Um, and I think from there, you probably go precious. I'd, I'd have to just because. Maybe there's an opening and, you know, his size and athleticism can get him to the rim in a, in a quick little punch. Let me see what else. And that's four guys, right? Who else would I have as the fifth guy? Chris Boucher. Nice. Christopher Christopher Boucher, for sure. I think uh, in terms of who gets the final shot, and I guarantee you Samson is going to come up with some next type of play <laughs> that is just going to blow what I want to do out the... But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a very, very simple... Um, pick and roll, if you will, but it, it, it wouldn't be, um, it would, ah, damn, actually, I don't know if I want to do a pick and roll with Scotty. Let's, let's do this. Actually a dribble handoff. That's nice. what I would do. I would set up a dribble handoff at the top of the key. Let's go Scotty and OG with OG as the screener. Uh, actually as with, with, uh, with Scotty as the guy handing it off. Right. And then we'll see what happens. Let's, let's see what the play you know kind of transpires from there so it'd be dribble handoff scotty and og whoever gets a shot go for it and you know see if you can find a guy open and go from there that i is, like that so that do you think idea. oops sorry i got too excited but do you <laughs> think um steph curry would be on scotty barnes in that situation or do you think they would probably, tuck him away on gary no they'd right? hide him they'd hide him on gary yeah they would probably hide him on gary like gary probably be camped out in the corner and then what you do is like, I mean, Draymond has five fouls, so maybe you just go straight to the rim and hope they call foul on a multiple-time defensive player of the year in the NBA Finals <laughs> in Game 7. But <laughs> uh, uh, Sorry, one player of the year, but I doubt it. I, I doubt that's uh, that they call the foul in that moment. But, yeah, I think I think like a dribble handoff with Scotty and OG. Uh, Scotty, obviously, like having the burst to be able to, to get to the rim if necessary. And if you do like a fake DHO, then 
you know, you can get to the rim that way. I doubt they'd fall for the fake DHL there. They'd probably just switch and, you know, deal with the circumstances. But yeah, I think that's how that's how I'd go. Samson, let's... let's honestly, let's, no, sorry. Honestly, when I was writing up that question, my first thought was fake DHO with Scotty and, and uh, OG. That was oh, my yeah. first thing. Yeah. And then if, if, if Gary ends up being open in the corner because they're coming to help, that right, goal, yeah. there's a shot. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, see, this the, is this is why JV it's probably play. Yeah, yeah, the JV play, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is this is probably why um it wouldn't work because it's the first play everybody would think about. So Steve Kerr's got a counter for that and turnover rat, Warriors win. But anyways, <laughs> Samson, go ahead. Okay, so the five man lineup is OG, Scotty, Precious, Boucher, and Garrett. And so Precious and Boucher are below the free throw line. That much seems clear to me. You can put them in the corner if you want, but I'd probably put Boucher in the corner, tell him to crash the grass, the glass like hell. I would put Precious in the dunker spot on the weak side, and that's so. And I would put OG in the opposite corner, and so that's you can run. And actually, just to plug the piece that came out today, I had the, <laughs> the plays where you know Scotty with either Fred or Gary was running the, the ghost the ghost screen play that yeah, yeah. the 1-4 ghost screen or 4-1 ghost screen that they run with Pascal that they ran with Scotty and so you can do a couple of things with Gary down the stretch the Raptors have tried it last season where they did like you know you inbound to Pascal Pascal's above the break you run some of that DHO action Gary comes over the top and typically he gets a switch and Gary is going to have to try and either get to the rim against the big, which is typically a bad idea. We saw it fail against Joel Embiid or try and make a shot. And that's as good a chance as anything, really. Gary taking a jumper. If he's on a, like, on a heater, maybe you win the game. We've seen that happen before. Yeah. But what I what I do for sure is I try and get the ball to Scotty off the inbounds. You know, you curl up into open space. He gets it there and brings it to the, the far side from where you inbound it. Run that ghost that ghost play with Gary. If Gary's open, then hell yeah. As we said though, somebody's gonna try and hide on Gary. So either Scotty is going to get the edge because he has a screen and there's that mis- there's typically that halt that the defenders are there, or they're gonna switch one of Poole or Curry on the Scotty. And in that case, let's Beast. Go- yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, just Scotty, it's his ability to get into the paint where whatever Draymond is doing lurking, he's probably going to be guarding OG. OG is an incredible cutter. If Draymond comes up, Precious, Boucher, OG are crashing glass if that shot goes up. And if not, they're cutting behind Green and Barnes with a guard on him can pick out a pass. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. I think that would be good. If Scotty doesn't like the, let's say they they don't switch the action, maybe they switch the action. He doesn't like what's looking. I put Precious to come out onto OG's guy and a pin down for OG to come up to get the ball to either take a shot or to curl and try and get something at the basket. That's my draw on a play. So I I I, I think getting Gary's man involved is the way to go, um, and that's. Because obviously they're gonna hide someone on him, uh, and if like yeah, damn it, now I want it. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. God. So you you would rather give there's a, a bunch d- of different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, you know, I know. Like I know. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would probably do that. Like, I mean, at least the way Samson explained it, it makes so much sense. But um, 
I don't you know. know. I think the best is what? if it could be game six. The ball comes to Pascal, and he's guarded one on one by Draymond. He's like, ah. oh, again, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Euro. <laughs> Little I floater. mean, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't change things until you have to change things. But obviously, it's fouled out. But yeah, I just wanted to bring up that Pascal is <laughs> a game winner in the finals, people. Yeah, Can we acknowledge that, please. They don't talk about that enough. That should be on like NBA like reels, you know? Yes, dude. Oh man, man, that was an amazing answer by both of you. So, to to sum it up, as said, get get uh, Scotty Barnes going downhill. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it, it's an action involving Scotty and OG, and I think that's that's the way I would do it. But yeah, yeah. see, I like I like that take because you could draw a foul, you could find an open guy because he has a good vision, and then Samson saying, "Whoever has the weakest defender on them, give them the shot." Most likely, it's going to be Gary. Is that more or less what you? Yeah, like nice little we, nice we little both, ghost. We both, yeah, we both wanted Scotty to be able to get downhill as an option. Because yeah. anytime you're running a screening action, it means that the guy on ball is option number one. Like a, that's the rule of thumb for anything, except for John Stockton. But nobody <laughs> likes John Stockton anyway. So, yeah, you want to get Scotty downhill. Me and me and S are thinking of the same thing there. We just went a little bit different about the secondary. Uh, how you options. how you get the other guy open? Uh, I I think the other way would be like maybe you run something with Gary. Um, and have him be like maybe you maybe you run a pin down for Gary. Like, is that another option there that you can run? I don't know if that's necessarily what I do because like catch and shoot Gary is is different than you know pull up thirty five feet out Gary. But I don't know. I don't. Just, now I'm just spitballing here. But yeah, perfect. So I think this is the last segment. Final final topic, and it was inspired by a podcast I listened to called Pick a Side Podcast. And they do a segment called Would You Rather, where they pick a player and then they name a list of players to compare them to, and then you select who's better out of the two. And I figure we do a Raptors-inspired version. Okay? So what we'll do is I'll, I'll say the name, say the two names, and then we'll go S will give his answer, and then Samson will give his answer, and we'll go like that. And then if you guys want to provide an explanation, go ahead. Okay? So... <laughs> So the first name on the list is Fred Van Vliet. So would you rather Fred Van Vliet or Darius Garland? Fred. Oh fuck off! Uh, wait, <laughs> are we are we just doing are we just doing right now? Like yeah, every, everything today. is current. Yeah, everything's current. Yeah, uh, give me Darius Garland, man. Yeah, give me Darius Garland. I know it sucks. It sucks. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Sasu. This year, let me take Fred. Uh, yeah. Just because of the defense, honestly, like, yeah. and also because the Raptors. So Darius Garland is one of the best pick and roll engines in the NBA, but also uh, that hinges a little bit somewhat on who his bigs are. Uh, and I don't mean that to say that he's reliant on his bigs. I just mean that to say that he definitely wouldn't have the same options available to him spamming the pick and roll, you know, with the Raptors or whatever. So if this is Raptor centric, uh, let me keep Fred and let Fred be the insane off-ball shooter more often this year next to guys like Scotty and Pascal and all that going on. So, yeah. are, we, are, we, are we picking them in the context of the Raptors this year? Like if we were just swap these two players? Yes, yes. Okay, then, then my answer would change. Okay. So, okay. The, the, then my answer would change. But the player that I would pick if you just 
tell me, hey, tomorrow you have to pick a t- you have to make a team. I'm picking Darius Garland. But yeah. Okay, makes sense. Okay, next one. Fred Van Vliet or Jamal Murray. I think I would still go Fred in this situation. Um I, I like Jamal. I, I think he is a very good like you know, he can get to his shots. Uh, he's very good at, like, snaking the pick and roll. And, like, with Jokic, he's he's very, very adept at, like, playing that two-man game with him. It's really fun to watch. Um, but, again, like, I don't I don't know if it would work as well as a guy like Fred Wood playing off-ball, being your pick-and-roll guy as well, doing a little bit of the on-ball duties. So, yeah, I, I would... I would pick Fred in that situation. See, now it's it's changed for me. Now, like, the, the whole context of the situation has changed because we're picking <laughs> him and swapping him into what the Raptors are today. But, yeah. I'm uh, I'm taking Jamal, dude. Uh, I like it. I think Jamal, he was... Now, Louis Sassman was very early. Before Fred got the NBA Finals vote, before Fred was even in the starting lineup, he proclaimed in a 2019 article that Fred Van Vliet was an all-NBA-level defender. Pretty good. Pretty good call. He was also doing something similar with Jamal Murray uh, before the bubble, before everything went sideways for his career, those injuries. Jamal getting to that jumper, the way he can play off of bigs who can pass and his defensive utility. I I would take Jamal, you know, with the understanding that he's healthy. I I think Jamal is fantastic. So, yeah, I would take Jamal. Does Jamal crack top 30 this year? Uh, uh, that's This is a different conversation. But if he has a healthy year, he absolutely could. Yeah. Like, I, I could I could see him just drowning dudes in buckets with, with Jokic. Like, Jokic yeah. has been complaining. Like, the, the, the Nuggets had bad spacing last year. Relative to a lot of teams, Jokic was working out of a closet the same way that a few other NBA players were. And Murray... If he's yeah, if Murray if Murray is back to being that dude, it's like the closet is now you know like a basketball court. It's yeah. just there's a lot. I mean, and they have Michael Porter Jr. there lurking too. Yeah, we yeah, gotta and, see about him, dude. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, that back. Okay, next one. <clears throat> Fred Van Vliet, Drew Holiday. Okay, for this one, I will very easily say Fred Van Vliet. Um, <laughs> Piece of cake, yeah. yeah. Let me slam that with this. Yeah. yeah, I think, uh, look, they're, they're, I guess they're similar in the sense that they're like two-way um, bully, like very sturdy point of attack guards that just can defend the heck out of the ball. Um, but I just, I like what Fred does more offensively than what Drew does. Uh, and I think def- the defense is comparable in my opinion. So I'll go Fred. Yeah, I think if Giannis got to play like six games with Fred, he'd be like, there you go. Like, that's yeah. real nice. I like what you do shooting that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that would be the case. Yeah. yeah. Not, not to say that Drew is bad. Drew is still very good. I just think that Fred clears for yeah. sure. Okay, so Fred Van Vliet, Tyrese Halliburton. I'm still Fred. taking Fred, yeah. Tyrese? Sure. Yeah. Tyrese oh, yeah. is just going to lose it. Like, Tyrese, whatever in the future, but he's just going to lose a bunch of games this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, and I don't think, uh, I don't think he's, like, he's a, he can project to be a good defender. Uh, and I think he will inevitably be a good defender just because he's long. Um, and, you know, he has that big ass wingspan. But I don't know. I, I think Fred is very clearly the better defender and very clearly the better offensive player. Okay, yeah. uh, Fred Fred Van Vliet or Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hey, <sighs> yeah. Give me 
Shay. Yeah. Shay is an MVP in a few years. Let's just <laughs> okay. please give me a healthy Shea season. Done, just one. <laughs> just one healthy season. I just need him out of the out of the grasps of the Thunder and onto a team that is trying to win some basketball games. Can you imagine they trade him and it's all of a sudden he never gets injured again? <laughs> it's like That'd a curse awesome. over there. Do yeah, the Raptors, dude. Let him be Man. healthy over here. He can, yeah. Yeah. You know what? You can even take some games off, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Load management. Relax, dude. Like, kick okay. back. I know NBA players love go to cactus club. Take an extra night off there. Do whatever you want to <laughs> do, man. Okay, the next player. not a good spot. I don't know why. I don't know why people like cactus club, by the way. It's not. The food's not even that great. But anyways, continue. <laughs> uh, Gary Trent Jr. is the next name here. Gary Trent or Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart very easily. Yeah. That's a piece of cake for me, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like not it's not even close, by the way. You know? I, but yeah. Can you imagine very Marcus easy. Smart on these Raptors? Oh, oh my goodness. My days. Yeah. That would be incredible. Okay, Gary Trent or Ty, 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 Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'd love him too, because like they He's would greedy. have the, the Kyle Lowry thing again, where yeah. Like yeah. this guy is an insane person, but in the best way possible <laughs> when you're cheering for him. I've, I've said this a million times, but like Raptors fans would love Marcus Smart if he was a Raptor. Like, Kyle absolutely Lowry adore him. tried to crawl through George's legs. <laughs> the only other player in the NBA who would try something so unabashed is Marcus Smart. Yeah. 100%. Okay, a uh, little bit more of an offensive player here then. Gary Trent Jr. or Tyler Hero? Hero. I go Hero. I, I think I think Hero is, uh, he's already gotten better as a playmaker. Uh, and I think he is better as a playmaker than Gary. I don't see that happening with Gary. Maybe it does, but I, I don't see that happening. I think his pick and roll playmaking is, is a lot better in that sense. Um, I think the shooting is also, in my opinion, a little bit better. I think he's just a better score. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think Trent is a little bit overrated. I don't think Hero is that great, but it's not like it's super, super. It's not that big of a difference is what I'm saying on the defensive end. So I'm I'm going Tyler Hero. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, Gary's a better defender. But I also do think that Gary has more cash as a defender because of steel numbers and yeah. because of deflection numbers and the numbers about gambles and the points that they lead to aren't publicly accessible the way that deflection numbers and steel numbers are. So, but I do think Gary had a marginally positive defensive season, which is a big deal. And it's much better than hero as far as I go. But hero was a guy when I watched the Raptors playoffs last year and I see how Gary, when the defense shifts to Pascal and the ball comes to him, how it's, it's either the catch and shoot if enough space was created or it's like a pump and into the mid range and it just ends there because Gary's not creating looks for others from that point and he's also not going to be able to go to the rim. Hero is a guy who will zig and zag into the paint, create laydowns for bigs, make a pass to the corner like a little skip pass. Not that that's the end all be all of playmaking, but it's the nice little feature and he can run the pick and roll, dude. Like, and he'll use the extra dribble. He'll he'll draw the drop defender up. He'll throw a lob. But it's just there's way more offensive utility there, I think. And Gary definitely, as far as you know, the where toughness and percentages overlap. Gary probably had a better shooting season than Hero, but I think Hero, there's just so much utility in his shooting, and 
roughly the same amount in conventional sense, in a, a conventional sense as uh, as Gary as well. So I'd go with Hero. I also think there's ways to engage uh, Hero on defense to make him better than what he is. I think like the on-ball stuff is completely fair and he could get bullied, but I think off-ball, especially with the way that the Raptors like to play this read-and-react chaotic type of defense, there's no reason for Ger- Hero to not have, I guess, a similar type of uh, defensive season to Garrett, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah. Okay. The good thing you said defense again, because we have Gary Trent or Herb Jones. That's a really great, like that's those two players. I've never heard them spoken. in. The you have very before. different that's types really of players. Fun. Well, uh, so, so I guess we're j- just saying for this season, because we're not projecting forward into what, like who, you know, they are well, as a player. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say this. Yeah. I'm I'm the guy saying that they should start Precious instead of Gary. I'd be an ass if I didn't take Herb instead of Gary. Yeah. And you know, using the same like, well, he'll shoot some of the time. He can attack a closeout and get to the rim, and he's incredible on defense. Yeah, I think I would have to take Herb Jones over Gary. This this sounds like a bloodbath for Gary. Dude. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking. Oh, he's getting swept. It's not, it's not looking. T- it's not looking good. I so I think I would still take Gary if we're doing right now. I, I really love Herb, and I'm actually in the same boat as Samson as saying, like, hey, let's start Precious over Gary. But I do think the shot making is something that's necessary for this Raptors team this year if we're starting them tomorrow, um, whether it be off the bench or whether it be starting. So I, I do think that is a necessary kind of, like, archetype of a player that's ne- that's needed on this team so yeah i'm i'm gonna go gary but i don't like it you know i don't like that i'm picking <laughs> doesn't feel, it makes it feel dirty <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel good doesn't feel good uh how about gary trent okay i don't see how he loses this but let's see gary trent jr or karis Silvert. oh yeah gary. yeah okay gary i had to put that there because oh sorry yeah yeah he's so interesting such a strange collection of movements and talents. Herky jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, herky jerk, amoebic, but he just <laughs> does not put it together often enough. Like he, man, sometimes he just wows the hell out of me with with some incredible playmaking or, you know, he, he'll break dudes down. But it's just like mentality, not to do the psychoanalyzing thing, right? But mentality <laughs> and how you approach the game is so important to your outcomes. And Karis... There's a lot of decision-making gaffes. And at least Gary's is like, it's the same decision. It's to shoot the ball. And mm-hmm. so at least you just get that. Like, Gary is not, well, outside of Gary, like, taking it to the rim in transition. That can be tough a little bit. But Gary, rarely are you going to throw your hands up the, decision, the decision-making from game to game. Because you kind of know what you're getting. And last year, what you were getting was a good play. Harris probably did not qualify as such last year, unfortunately. I think Karras is a very big ball stopper too. So if we're if we're talking like G- Gary has his moments like that, that's not to say Gary's that he just, doesn't. He's throwing up there, dude. Yeah, like but he's he's, he's just trying rocket launcher type, you know. Yeah, he's just trying to let it fly. But like Karras has a lot of moments where he he'll stop the ball and then he'll go into this ten second ISO type of play, and that's just that's nerve wracking. I absolutely hate that. So I'm I'm gonna go with Gary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Gary Trent or Norman Powell, bringing it back. Wow, the throwback. Uh. Just, I imagine, and the, you know, it typically does come back to this for me. But Norman Powell has been on 
nobody has said it out loud, really. <laughs> Only a few people. But he has been the NBA's best bench scorer for like three years. Yeah. Run him off a pin down. He will turn the corner. He'll punch a gap, dude. And then he'll bang <laughs> it on a big's head. Yeah. Or he will catch the ball, spot up. If the guy cheats it, he'll backtrack it, turn it into a flare, and the same it's the same problem. It's like, will he punch the gap? Will he hit the three? He hits every catch-and-shoot three. He kind of works some pick-and-roll craft into his game. He can pull up a little bit. There's a little bit of isolation in there, too. Norm is undoubtedly a bit, like a significantly better offensive player than Gary. But Gary is a better defender because he actually cares about defense as currently constructed. Yeah. Norm is just there for the vibes. So that's like a. So are you like picking? A, are you picking Gary or Norm? Dude, that's ding, that ding. is like a, a coin toss for me. Norm, man, I bet Norm he could very well be like a big piece on a championship winner this year. So I I gotta go with Norm probably. But Norm gets paid more. Currently, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's <laughs> the market reflects that. So I don't feel too bad about it. And Gary is way younger. If you if you tell me like who do I want on their next contract, probably Gary. Yeah. This year though, give me Norm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think under the same idea, I would probably go Norm, but that's because of what the Raptors need Gary to do on offense is what you know Norm can do currently on offense. So I'm, I, I keep going back to like, okay, what, a, what, how does this player fit on the Raptors? And if we're going based off this year, a guy that Samson just described perfectly as a guy who can do all these things is, is what you hope Gary Trent Jr. can one day do um, on top of the rim pressure stuff that he already adds. And I don't think Gary will get that much better in that area or get to the level norm was so yeah i, I guess going norm as well that's a that's a tough one though that's a tough one you know the trade happened and all that but yeah no I, I understand why raptors fans take the victory laps yeah <laughs> because it seems like they have team control of gary for years but We'll see what Gary's next contract. And I hate doing the contract thing, but if you're comparing players, then that always comes into it. But it's like, how much better was Gary on this contract versus Norm on his? And that's typically the value when you look at like trades is the immediate contract thing. And well, also there's the overlay of, do you think you'd be able to get this player in-house if you didn't trade for him? Do you think, you know, free agency, Gary Trent Jr. comes to the Raptors? Do we think that he'll even stick around? Like, yeah, the extension. I there's uh, like player option. We'll <laughs> question see. mark, question mark, yeah. question mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary I probably think, wants a bigger bag. So I think where people think that the Raptors won that trade is because Norm is not even on Portland anymore. So they just feel like it was just they just traded Gary <laughs> just to trade Gary. <laughs> Portland, Portland was like geriatric, dude. Yeah. I don't, like, and I don't blame them either. They're like, hey, we have Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard was like, no, you don't. And they're like, oh, uh, it's tough to be this team without you, dude. We This was with you in mind. We got Robert Covington. You know, you like Robert Covington. Surely you do. He's like OG, but not as good at a- anything. <laughs> you said you liked OG. And then Robert Covington, they're like, well, 
we don't need Robert Covington anymore because we're actually interested in being bad at basketball. And then Dame was like, do you guys want to be good again for me? And then, yeah, it's just everything's up in the air there. Apparently, Keon Johnson had a nice summer. Yeah. Maybe that's Hell yeah. 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 I like Keon. Good, good job, Keon. <laughs> I really I really wanted the Raptors to take a take a swing at him, but it's what it is. Keon Johnson. He worked out for us, right? Mm-hmm. Keon Johnson, yeah. Yep. Okay, so next name. OG Ananobi. Okay. Do you want OG or Lou Dort? OG. OG. Very Lou Dort is a fire hydrant though, dude. He rocks, <laughs> but he yeah. doesn't rock nearly as hard as OG. No. I mean yeah. it's funny that this is kind of the same thing with uh with Norm and Gary. It's like you hope that Lou can eventually do some of the things that OG can do on offense and defense. So like yeah, it's it's OG. Okay. OG or Jalen Brown? Whoo-wee! That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and for this Raptors team, say Jalen Brown. Um, it's 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 going to be a tough one. And I understand the off-ball mishaps, the dribbling with <laughs> – can't dribble with your left. I understand that. But, hey, OG also struggles with his handle every now and then. It's not like yeah. he's the most adept shot creator for himself yet either in isolation um i think jalen brown is who i would pick it's a tough one i know i feel like samson's gonna go with og and, and but I, i'm gonna stick to my gun i'm gonna say jalen okay so the understanding here i hope any celtics fans who are watching understand that i don't perceive jalen brown as the 22nd best player in the league I perceive it. Hey, I'd like to clarify that as well. I've 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 hammered it a million times that he's not that he he ain't got he's not that guy, pal. So Sorry, I'll go ahead. Say, I know the perception would be that I'm about to pick like the 44th best player in the NBA over the 22nd <laughs> best, and I'm here to tell you I do not agree <laughs> with your worldview in this sense. I think I'm picking what people should conceive as the 44th best player in the NBA over like the 37th. And it's because I'm imagining a Raptors defense that is completely dependent on players paying attention to their teammates getting beat and feeling responsible for a form of rotation. And I'm imagining Jalen Brown being asked like, Pay attention to it all so you know who to rotate for. Because sometimes the rotation is two rotations away. That's the way it works. Sometimes you're bringing the dude, he's bringing the dude, and then you're shooting off, and there's the dude over there. And Jalen Brown has not given any, any inclination that he cares about off-ball defense in the slightest. I imagine At he all. would blow up true. actions for the Raptors. And so I think in a in a vacuum, Jalen Brown is the better player. However, comma, I do not think that he would make this Raptors team better than OG does. Plus, OG could still pop, dude. He could still pop. There's hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. OG or Mikhail Bridges? OG. 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 Yeah, OG. I'm, yeah. I don't know. Phoenix I think, Suns. I think Mc- yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. You no, it. just I was just saying, like the Phoenix Suns fans I see on their Twitter, they they laugh at the idea that people say that OG is better. So it's interesting that you guys are just like, nope, OG. 
So I, I just like to hear well, your guys' take because, on that. It's because he's their OG, you know? Yeah, he's yeah. their beloved, you know what I mean? Like, guy that they love, goofball type, off the court, that just has this two-way ability. I mean, not necessarily two-way, because the offensive stuff is coming, but, like, their defensive anchor in a lot of ways on the wings. So, I, I don't know. I, I think it's clearly OG for me. I think the shot-making, the catch-and-shoot stuff is much better for OG. I think the ability to kind of be this bully ball type of guy that Samson has talked about ad nauseum that kind of just can get to the rim and be this post player who can create a little bit in the post I think those are some areas that Mikhail Bridges just does not have and for that reason I go I go OG and also the thing is like Mikhail Bridges makes really great decisions in the Phoenix set actions he did not play in a react offense like OG does. Imagining Michael getting the isolations that are forced on OG and Pascal. They're subscribing to like, hey, create. I know Phoenix Suns, when they like fans, when they compare these two players, they like say, like, I don't know what unassisted rate is. You know, like, that doesn't <laughs> exist. But it's like one of these players is asked to create significantly more than the other. And one of them is running like pin downs off of you know, like at this Spain action that involves Chris Paul and Devin Booker that the other team is literally like pissing their pants trying to defend. And then Michael Bridges like, oh, little catch and a little drop dribble to the rim or maybe I shoot like this little midi. Yeah. It's just a different ask. But Michael also rocks. It just, uh, he has a very friendly context currently. And the Raptors were like, hey, OG, if you want to score, do it against everybody. You know, not. <laughs> it's just, it's different. Okay, next one. OG, RJ Barrett. OG. I'm, I'm going OG pretty easily. I, I just finished up a video on RJ, and that's going to be coming out on Friday, folks. But oh, nice. um, it, it's I think I think it's very easily OG for me. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that RJ has to still get better, um, especially offensively. I, I don't think the, the difference offensively is that crazy. Uh, and you know, in terms of the shooting, they're both good shooters, but OG is a better shooter. Uh, creation wise, I think they're, they both have miles and miles to kind of take leaps in. Um, I think RJ is a guy that needs to get set up a lot. And right now I would say OG is probably a guy who can do a little bit more for himself than RJ can. So I would say pretty clearly OG. And on top of that, look, OG is, is the better defender. I think RJ has gotten better on defense and he's New York's, you know, premier wing defender, but for the Raptors, it's it's very, very easily. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking OG as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if RJ ends up a better player, but uh, yeah, I would be surprised if he's a better player this year. Hmm. So the Raptors, essentially, I, I, I'd look at, and I'm saying like the RJ, and look in the video, I'm saying RJ's prime for a breakout season it's just if he can kind of seize the moment and take the take advantage of like this current roster construction that he has playing with another point guard um finally a point guard who can kind of create for him have you know be a floor spacer etc like all that is going to be great context for rj um he probably will have a better season than he did last year even though he did improve as well but yeah i'm still i'm still taking og man that's interesting how the raptors fourth best player technically give or take is better than the Knicks second best player third best player by the way sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh who's 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 the second uh Jalen Brunson it's, 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the Raptors' third best player. OG is the Raptors' third best player. This is what we talked about at the party, man. Oh, I got I, yo. I everyone looked at me like I was a ghost when I said I like Scotty over OG. Which, which is fine. Like in a, you say like, yeah, yeah I want Scotty for the future. I want to invest possession into Scotty. I think Scotty gets to yep. that point. Yes, but OG cans triples. Finishes everything at the rim and defends the hell out of his position. It's just tough to be better than that guy without jumping into all star status. Okay, who's yeah. a, who's a better rebounder? Um, <laughs> uh, like during the regular season, it's it's probably Scotty, but we've seen OG as like OG held down a front court in the Celtics series. Like he and Pascal held down like the OG is a very underrated rebounder. But who, who's be, who's better? Scotty or OG? I think that Scotty is mean, positioned closer to the rim in offensive actions and gets to hunt yeah. them. Whereas OG is positioned above the breaker in the corner for spacing purposes, whereas Scotty's typically dunker spot or at the elbow. So uh, I think the skill of rebounding, OG, I, I would say that they're about the same. OG is OG's a tremendous rebounder. So, is, okay, who's well, a better ball handler? Who's a better ball handler? Scotty. Scotty is the better ball handler. Yeah. Okay, who's the be- <laughs> who's the better playmaker? Scotty. 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 Yeah. So you're you're basing you're saying OG's better than Scotty because he is a better three point shooter and defender? And well, yeah. I, I mean yeah. And like, yeah. like OG is very important to the health of the Raptors offense in the same way that, you know, Gary Trent Jr. is for in some respects, right? It's like you need spacing to some degree. OG is a guy who not only does he space well, but he can take advantage of a weak side zone that's not going to count for a cutter. OG can take, like, OG, when he gets downhill, he's a really good passer on laydowns or out to the corner and stuff like that. Like, he playmakes in that sense because he gets advantages because of his three-point shot that Scotty really doesn't. Like, Scotty mm-hmm. getting an isolation and being way better at isolating than OG, for the record, but an isolation that the defense is more or less okay with giving up versus OG like a pump and drive where the defense is like everybody shift over we have to rotate and then like a little dump off to Precious or Cam or maybe Scotty for a dunk is just like they have different avenues to success currently and OG when he's not being stretched into all the isolation stuff is just like this he's this hemorrhage of really efficient offense like if, if he just plays his role you may get like between 17 and 20 points per game on 60 plus true shooting percentage. It's yeah. ju- it's just really easy for OG to be overwhelmingly positive on both ends. But I wouldn't, if I'm selecting a guy for the future though, I wouldn't pick Scotty, but I wouldn't be surprised if OG has a more positive impact this season. You mean you but would I, I pick Scotty, right? The other way. You said, you mean you yeah, would? Yeah, I'd pick, pick Scotty for the future. Okay. Did I say Sorry. wouldn't? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know Freudian, if you did, but I didn't catch you. No one clip it as such. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think I think there's a like given what we know, given how the Raptors talked on media day uh, about, you know, giving more reps to Scotty, giving him the ball more. I think there is a chance that Scotty can be better this season, but it would just take a like Samson said, an all star type leap. And if that happens, sure. Great. But right now, like as September 27th, 2022, it's it's OG who's the the better player, man. I respect your guys' opinion. You guys have good points, but I can't. I can't see it. It's totally okay to disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't Absolutely. see yeah, it. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like the same argument. Like, 
that you say that OG's not that far behind Scotty in that sense. I think Scotty this season we could see him not be that far behind on the defensive end. We might, not see, you know, what I mean, like we might, maybe, yeah, might not see him as far behind as a three point shooter. It took OG a while to get better at the three point shot. I just think OG is OG is very far ahead in terms of the three point shot, in my opinion, um, just because of what he can do as a catch and shoot player that Scotty has not honed in on yet. And look, that's fine. He's literally entering year two. It's not like we're expecting him to be that type of player yet. But at the same time, uh, I think OG is a much better shooter. I think in terms of the defensive side of the ball, OG is like individually in a vacuum the raptors best defender probably right and maybe some may argue fred some may say pascal but like i think in terms of one-on-one perimeter defense there's not a guy you're picking other than og to guard the opposing guy's best player is scotty gonna get there tomorrow next year i feel like that's a big ask um so yeah i also i don't think like og is all defense level he, yep. he should have he should have been picked prior. He should have been picked in the the shortened 2020 season. He he or he or Mark should have been picked. Per, probably both, to be yeah. quite honest with you. He's at that level. Scotty has to improve measurably, like all over, as far as defending to get close to that. Because the difference between OG and like a a marginally positive defender, which is what Scotty ended up being, is a chasm. Like we saw OG step out on Trey Young, Trey Young not beat him, and then get blocked on his jumper. Like keeping like the like keeping up with that dude, and then closing the space to block it, and then the next time Trey came down the court, he tried to get to the rim, and OG blocked him at the bucket. Like that's Trey Young. Nobody hangs with this dude. Certainly not Scotty. And Scotty probably will never. He's just a different type of defender than OG one on one. And OG also like this is way back when I was doing not the Scotty deep dives, but the OG deep dives defensively. This dude suppresses superstar. Like LeBron when he plays against OG, he takes less shots. Paul George takes less shots. Jason Tatum takes less shots. When OG's on you. You take less shots because you're not going to beat him as often as you beat other players. And then off ball, the importance of OG and fans will see it this year and they've seen it years before is like his when he tags or when he guards the nail or when he's being a ball hawk above the break, he blows up possession after possession. He's just he's such a good defender. If Scotty gets to that level, not only this year, but in his career. I will be so impressed with Scotty. Like Scotty, if he gets considering what he might end up doing offensively, who knows the way that dude grows? If he gets to all defense level, that's an MVP, right? Yeah, there. sheesh. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's just OG is so good at the unspoken <laughs> stuff, basically. All right. So sorry, we went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. That last one for OG, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about Scotty, and then we're gonna talk about Pascal's comparisons. So, OG or Michael Porter Jr.? Fully healthy Michael Porter Jr.? Well, yeah, going into this year. I can just say OG because I already did like the whole like, I was like, let me tell you about this guy. So, I'll just (laughs) say like, hey, revert back to like the explanation I already gave. 
yeah, I would take OG over MPJ. I think I think I would too. Um, I think MPJ has a long way to go defensively, um, and that's just because his back has like sciatica, like whatever it's called, right? It's just insane. Sciatica. Sciatica. Thank you. Um, yeah. So no, his his defense needs a lot of work. And on the other uh, on the other side, like Michael Porter Jr. is a really tremendous shooter, but OG can shoot. OG can be your catch and shoot guy as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick OG on that end. And uh, next guy here, my beloved son, Scotty Barnes. Um, <laughs> Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley? Oh, I hate you, man. I hate you so much. Uh, you're going to make us. They're going to come with pitchforks and knives and, and I know, I know. fire and all that into our mentions. God damn it. Um, we're just saying for this season, right? Then I'm gonna I'm gonna be very safe here and say Scotty Barnes. Uh, <laughs> that means you wanted to say Mobley. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm think, not gonna pull it out. No. I think in the future there's a very good chance that like Mobley becomes the better player. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, w- like when if it happens, there's so many like ifs ands and buts about it. Like you know what I mean? Like there's there's potential in every type of scenario for them to for their careers to go one way or the other. But I think right now. Man, but on the Raptors, Mobley. Oh, Ooh, that'd that's be such nasty. A, that's such a tough situation because he would solve so many different scenarios <laughs> for them. They wouldn't have to play as chaotic of a defensive style. They could still switch on every scenario. There's still playmakers. Pascal can do whatever. There's a lob threat for Van Vliet. God damn it. <sighs> that's a tough one. I'm still going to go, Scotty. I'm still going to go. I'm, st- I'm going to pick Scotty, but yeah. It's yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> I'll say Mobley. Okay. Okay. I, right. I'm not a coward. All right. Let me let me say this. Though. I think Mobley is headed into the Hall of Fame. That does not descend upon Scotty. Like I don't. I don't care about Raptors Twitter. Like finding b-ball index defensive versatility grades. It's like yeah, give, give something a letter grade, dude. They're like, yeah, oh, well, he was like an A+. It's like, what the hell does that mean to me? I watched every game. What are you saying, dude? Like, everybody on the Raptors is an A+, in defensive versatility. And, like, Mobley's a better defender. And, you know, Mobley's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Scotty could as well. I just feel Mobley is just such a a home run, dude. That dude is so big, Mm -hmm. so good with his foot speed, so good at, you know, keeping up with bigs with his length, keeping up with guards with not being as fast but being agile with length you know the jumper if you feel like scotty will develop a jumper don't be biased say that mobley probably will as well yeah mobley isn't as creative off the bounce he's not more creative than scotty but he's more creative than most 611 big men who come into the league mm-hmm. so it's just like i don't care about saying that i think mobley will be better than scotty mobley was selected before him the Raptors, if they had a chance to, because Scotty surprised everybody. If the Raptors had a chance to select Mobley, they would. You don't think they would have taken that dude? Yeah, they would. I can't like. These are two guys who are just so surefire going to be stars. I'm just like Mobley is going to have an awesome year on the Cavs, and Mobley would simplify a lot of things for the Raptors. And I don't feel bad about that because that doesn't mean Scotty's bad. Scotty is still. I just don't want to get murdered. That's yeah, what I don't yeah. want to do. I don't want to get murdered. No, but man, but but you're right. In your DMs, bro. You just gotta, yeah. you know, that's just what's happening. Swat them away. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mind you, this the good news. This podcast is a long podcast, so this is buried. Wait, yeah. unless Mac, 
If you clip me out, Sam, I'm taking over. Yes, but you might. I'm just gonna put that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't even. I won't even put context to it. You just put. Mobley. No, I, I think. I think from the way that I explained it, you guys can tell that like I obviously want to say an answer that I'm still not gonna say. I, I'm. I'm leaning. You know, I have cowardice. I'm a coward. Okay, that's what it is. But yeah. I'll 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 leave it at that. But I okay. totally agree. I mean, Mobley is Mobley is that guy, man. Mobley is him. We'll do a lighter like, one. Thing is, by <coughs> oh, the way, yeah? can I just say mm-hmm. there's people who are going to be upset about us saying Mobley over Barnes. Sorry, me saying it. You didn't say it. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's going to be people who are mad at me saying that who also signed like the Deport Pascal thing, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like yeah, yeah. I don't care what you think, people. I've seen what makes you cheer. Boo at me all you want. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Okay, next one. This is another big debate on uh, NBA Twitter. Scotty Barnes or Franz Wagner? I think Franz is, is severely underrated, and I don't know why. I Actually, I do know why, but, you know, Raptors Twitter is like anybody who is in opposition is, you know, immediately <laughs> hated, right? So yeah. that's how it is, but I think Franz is incredibly talented. I would still pick Scotty um, because I think the creation ability of Scotty is just like leaps and bounds. Not leaps and bounds. Franz can do some creation as well, but like just creating for others, playmaking. That's that's something that I enjoy in a basketball player. And in terms of like personal preference, I'm gonna definitely go Scotty on here. So, so at risk of sounding like another, you know, white dude on Twitter, Franz rocks. You know, not like another white dude in particular, but just like white dudes kind of like hovering toward you and saying like Franz Wag, you know. But Franz is really great. And actually, like, you know, it's good to disagree on podcasts. It makes it more exciting. I disagree with S about the creation. I think that Franz is better Ooh. equipped to kind of ramp up his creation than Scotty, maybe, in the half court. But Scotty's oh. playing on a team where he's going to run out and transition day gum, and he's going to yeah, play yeah. making transition, and Scotty's going to keep eating glass, and he's going to do things that Franz doesn't do, and Franz is going to do things that Scotty doesn't do. But I also think that Scotty has a higher defensive potential. And I think that Scotty, and this this isn't to say he's going to be at OG's level. I'm not, you know, going back on what I said earlier. But I think that Scotty is on pace to improve from last year where he was already a positive defender to an even more positive defender this year. And I don't, and he's already playing winning basketball. Maybe the Magic make that jump this year. Maybe they're super interesting. Maybe they're last year's Cavs. Who knows? But I think that Scotty is playing more meaningful minutes. And despite Franz being better at some stuff, I still take Scotty because of what Scotty is good at currently. I think like shot making is also a big thing here. Like Franz is is you know and, like I mean look what look what he did in Eurobasket, right? Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, different types. types. Making too. Like yeah. Franz is like you know you you go under on the on the what well, you know it's a different three point line of course, but it's like you go under on the pick and roll, and Franz is like that hard Pulling stop up. dribble. Yeah, pull like like what Darius Garland does, where it's like you you know it's like mm-hmm. a snatch back without snatching. It's the pickup snatch back, and Franz does that. That's a really elite move, especially for a guy of his size. But also like Franz will cut through a defense if there's gaps. But if there's not a gap, Franz got to pass it out. If yep. there's not a gap, Scotty's gonna just bash through the brick wall, dude. <laughs> He's gonna find a way in. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're different players, but they both rock. But yes, yeah, Scotty. Okay, Scotty Barnes or Ben Simmons? Oh, for this year, Ben is going to be better. That's an that's an All NBA defender. 
who's surrounded by Kyrie and, and like considering his on-ball skills surrounded by Kyrie, KD, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, you know, TJ Warren, he, the amount of like grab and go stuff where he's just going to like jog it up the court and pass it to a dude and get an assist. And then it's going to get to the point where it's like, okay, they cheat towards the pass and he's just like, dum 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 like, and just flush it. And Ben is a really good cutter. You're working off of yeah. Kyrie and KD. Like that's, and that's not just like, it's not bad of Scotty to not be better than an all-star level player this year. And assuming health. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. As long as, as long as Ben is like feeling good and isn't like, Oh my God, the idea of basketball is like giving me depression and I can't do it, which is valid. I understand why he felt that way. But if he's not in that headspace, if he's like, hell yeah, let me game. Yeah. Then like, yeah, that dude is an all-star. And like back not better than Pascal. <laughs> back uh, back injuries are always like a weird thing because they could keep reoccurring. So like if Ben is fully healthy, I totally agree. And I think a lot of the like skill set wise, what you see in Scotty uh, is what you would think Ben would be. And that's not a disrespect to Scotty at all. I think the thing is that we want to make sure that Scotty can can improve on the shot making side of things. Can he get better? and better as a shot maker as a creator for himself in where Simmons kind of veered off the path there and kind of became more of a okay hey he's a great defender but he creates for others can't really create his own shot that way he he he's not going to be a pull-up shooter etc all those skills that we want Scotty to get better at and we kind of project Scotty to get better at so it's like can Scotty end up in the future being a refined, more offensively talented version of Ben Simmons? Hell yeah, I think so. But right now, yeah, it's it's Ben Simmons. I bet I bet Samson's like, hmm, hmm, I let, will let me say. say. We're on comparison 18, let me say. Comparison <laughs> is the thief of joy. People. Yes. If you've been enjoying this, sh- shame on you. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Scotty Barnes or Draymond Green? Oh, I mean, assuming health, <laughs> assuming health. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I Look, I, I I, really, really do. Like, I think Draymond is the best defender ever. Um, I think he's legit, like, the smartest, most intelligent anchor I have ever seen on a basketball court. Um, so I would probably go Draymond. Wow. Yeah. If we're assuming health, man, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You know, if he can, his sciatica, damn it. <laughs> you you obviously didn't watch the 1946 season of Marcus Fink's <laughs> the best defender I ever seen. Yeah, I'm taking Draymond. He's just, he's too good at defense. Uh, and he's also, Draymond has gravity as a passer, which I know everybody kind of deservedly, it's like, LMAO, look at what happens when Draymond's on the short roll and the other team is like, come on, baby, shoot it. I'm ready yeah. to rebound. And they just turn around like this, you know? That's funny. But Draymond is still probably giving you more positive impact than Scotty this year. I, I don't see know how pe- much longer that lasts. I see people made the argument that Draymond on any other squad wouldn't be as impactful as he is with the Warriors. Now, do you think there's any weight in that? There's some, probably. You, you yeah. With Curry, you get to do things from a schematic standpoint offensively that you don't really get to do elsewhere. Like Draymond Green, if he's playing with, you know, Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, who <laughs> Cade is going to be great, but it's like you're running a split action, you know? 
the other team's like, okay. Like it, maybe maybe Killian comes off and he hits like an above the break, break three. Maybe Cade does it, but they're kind of chilling. They're not gonna yeah. spasm and be like, okay, wait, 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 and blow a coverage and then like Draymond passes to Cade like with a back cut or whatever. It's just playing with Clay and Steph, and you know over the next couple of years, Steph and like Pool and Kaminga, and he's gonna get to make a lot of passes that he wouldn't be able to make elsewhere. But I also still think, like, if you put Draymond in the middle of the Raptors' defense, they go, that would be yeah. something else. You know, offensively, where else Draymond would be fun? And I think it, it's kind of just like copy and paste, but with less uh, talented players. Portland. I think that mm-hmm. would be very, like, something mm-hmm. that's similar because you got Dame, you got Anthony Simons, you have Jeremy Grant that he can play off of. Like, that would be a, a, a fun spot as well. But, like, that's just, that's just me thinking of where yep. he can, you know? That would be really interesting because the Warriors have one of the best pick and roll players in the league in Steph, mm-hmm. and he does not run a lot of pick and roll. They're just doing off ball actions. Yeah, but Dame, Dame is all pick and roll. Yeah, and you ask him like, "Hey, we want you cutting off ball. We want you doing this." He's gonna look. At, he's gonna give you a disc. <laughs> you know, so like Draymond. Draymond is just the short roll king. He's not like the the split action king. But I, I guess if you got like Dame. And Anthony to buy into that, it could be buy awesome. into the to the way that the yeah. Warriors play. Yeah, yeah. All it's right, Amy can't run pick and roll anymore though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one: Scotty Barnes or Demar Derozan. Very different players. That's a very you just uh, picked players that people argue about. This <laughs> is what you did. You picked- <laughs> The players that you're like, oh yeah, I see people go to bat for this guy. Yeah, I want, and and you know people go to bat for everybody on the Raptors. Like Raptors Twitter, yeah. they carry the bat. They're yeah. ready, and you're like, I want to put these guys in a situation. <laughs> I mean, I, dude, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Demar. Yeah, I think Demar. I think Demar is the better player right now, but it's just so weird to say because like they're completely different players. Like. polar opposite sides of the spectrum but like yeah i guess it would be damar you know what i mean it's like i I don't even feel right saying it's like yeah it's damar but like are we are we doing this comparison right now you know yeah yeah. i I knew that was gonna do that because damar i'm I'm thinking of it in the aspect when you put scotty at the three and you have damar at the three who would you rather at that spot if you're the raptors right now yeah so i i take damar but it's just interesting because the start of these comparisons with Scotty is like his the people who came out of the same draft class as him and then like this all NBA level defender in Simmons <laughs> and then it's like quite literally just flipped to the other side of the screen yeah. like <laughs> yeah. an offensive powerhouse who could not be remotely interested in defending an action you know it's just kind of like you know it's like oh yeah all these like guys who do similar things to you know scotty and let's look at the margins and then it's like these two players are nothing alike (laughs) i did that purposely because i know every player that i named like you said they're pretty similar more or less and i wanted to flip it on his head to see where you guys mindset is as far as how to build the raptors core core rotation yeah i I would take tomorrow yeah and not going into the future i wouldn't Hey, give me Demar Derozan. That guy's pretty great. Yep. All right, let's let's rapid fire these uh, Siakam ones. So, Pascal or Zion? Fully healthy, I'm taking Zion, man. Yeah. 
I'm taking Zion as well. Yeah. Hey, Pascal or Carl Anthony Towns? Give me Pascal. <laughs> I I know this. Yeah. Yeah. I, you gotta you gotta take Pascal because Pascal is just the best player on the Raptors. He's all NBA. He orchestrates offense. Cat without like Cat is such an incredible amalgamation of talent. Certainly has more than Pascal, but how you implement that talent and what the roster construction looks like, Pascal makes so much of what the Raptors do go. Yeah, and so many different things hit a red light as soon as that's cat instead i want to see those guys play together that's that like would be my very dream fun. front court of all time is cat and pascal it's that that's what i want to see more than anything in the world but yeah i, I go pascal he's too important pascal or jimmy butler i like that comp i like that the the, the comparison right there i for one season i'm probably going jimmy butler um yeah, I think I think it's it's tough to say like exactly why, but I think getting to the line is a huge aspect to this. Um, I think the fact that he is really good on defense still is a big factor. To this is it's not like it's going to be a massive drop off for me. Um, and I think you know, yeah, I, I think Jimmy Butler is just kick ass, man. He's just awesome, and Pascal is really good too. This is a tough one. I, I'm not like. I'm not saying it's very clear, but I'd probably go Jimmy Butler. So this is interesting because I talked to, you know, Nikias Duncan isn't really a Miami guy at this point. He's a league wide writer, but I talked to him about Miami and I asked this. I said, I think that these this is the comp for Pascal. If you were going to create a comp ever between who is the most similar among stars to Pascal, it's Jimmy Butler. They're both such basketball players the way they work in the middle of the floor play make from there, kind of grind in tight spaces defend go downhill it's just there's a lot of similarities in how they operate jimmy is a little bit quicker but he doesn't have the same length so he has different passing angles he does more jump passes on the interior pascal does more like lay downs with length and that kind of stuff but they both make a ton of shots in that that middle area of the court where it's like some people wouldn't consider it mid-range or they call it short mid-range or whatever but i think Pascal, this is an interesting question because this might be the year that Pascal surpasses Jimmy. Mm -hmm. But every year prior to this, it's been Jimmy. Jimmy has been, you know, like a top 12 player just sitting there in Miami. Just doing the thing over and over again. Who, because like both of these guys have had inconsistent shooting seasons, right? Like Pascal had his all NBA season where he was just incredible from, from behind the arc. You know, you, he obviously had a little of a little bit of a bounce back. The catch and shoot is an area he's developing. Jimmy has had seasons where he's been back and forth. So it's like that to me, that could be a swing skill between these two where it's like, all right, whichever one of these guys has a better shooting season, you know, is the better who, player. Who, yeah. Who, who wants to hit the three pointers this year? But for, yeah. for one season, yeah, let me say let me say Jimmy then probably just for one season. But I would not be surprised if Pascal were better this season. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna skip one of the ones I put in because I think it's gonna be a sweep there. Let's <laughs> do the final one. This one is a fun one. Pascal or Prime Chris Bosch. Pascal. Yeah, Pascal, man. Pascal. Although yeah. like I I adore Chris Bosch's game because he was so underrated for so long it's yeah. you know chris bosh is the exact player nowadays who if twitter 
the way that Twitter has kind of developed since the early days of Twitter when Bosch was popping off and was becoming intriguing. And then De- Bosch kind of set the standard for what a defender like Mobley looks like. Yeah. The defender that ev- the de- type of defenders that everyone freaks the hell out about now. The type of offensive player who could scale up in a moment but then scale down because he had more talented teammates. He, you know, he did all the in-between stuff and he sacrificed. You know, KG gets a lot of love for that. Bosch did it at a lower level to be sure, but Bosch was kind of he's ignored in some respects. But I also think Pascal is a better player. But I I, I do just want to say, like, Bosch, man, that dude did not get the love that he deserves and still doesn't get the love he deserves as being, you know, like a seminal figure for big men mm-hmm. today. I think the tagline for Bosch nowadays, and like you mentioned NBA Twitter, but I feel like I see this tweet all the time. It's like, man, if Chris Bosch played in this era, because people yeah. would love him. Uh, people would, he would be beloved, like all the things that Samson mentioned. There's just so much versatility that comes with a guy like Chris Bosch. And I think an underrated part about his career is the ability to sacrifice because, you know, not a lot of players can go into a situation playing with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and be like, Hey, cool. I'm just going to not be the, the 20 plus point game score. I was in Toronto for seven straight, you know? So I, I think, I think it is Pascal, but I think. Like if I'm if I'm picking prime Bosch, and I'm assuming for for both you guys, prime Bosch is Raptors Bosch, right? Yeah. Are we assume, is is that what we're assuming? Like, what year are we picking for for prime Bosch here? I, I would I say would the pick prime Bosch is uh, a Miami, Miami year, probably. You think like over Miami. the 20, 20, 20 and ten Bosch in in Toronto? He didn't revolutionize defense in Toronto. Nobody yeah, that's true. In those yeah. years, and yeah, Bosch, like just. Nobody really knew what it looked like for your five to blow up a pick and roll action and like chase a guy, you know, sidestep out with him to the sideline and then recover for like a, a, you know, rotation to the rim. And then for that guy to also run through like dribble handoff reads and then also to like run pick and pop. And it's just like he got to do so much of the future facing stuff with Miami. The number the numbers were gaudier with Toronto for sure, but I think just he he became the top seventy five player with Miami. Yeah, that's what that's I fair. Think. I think like the the reason I ask which one we're talking about here is because he was I don't think he was as good of a creator um, in Toronto. He was just very much more of a standstill guy, like not standstill, but like he could create his own shot off the high block and go from there and kind of be that offensive hub for you in a in an age where like people didn't necessarily consider that as a way to be a a central hub but at the same time in Miami he just became so much more versatile in what he could do both offensively and defensively so I don't know I was was just asking which one you guys consider as prime it's not really a an answer to this but I'm still taking Pascal either way so okay that's some good comparisons there I think we are wrapping up. That was, a, I don't even know how long it was, <laughs> but it was a good one. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me. You guys did a hell of a job. You let me sit back, pick your guys' brains, and you guys, you just had a, you just were great guests. You know, you guys were very prepared, even though some of my stuff were curveballs. And I hope it was fun for you guys and for the people tuning in. Any final thoughts? Yeah. If you like, I should have said this at the start. Damn it. But hey, man, keep tuning in to Mac all season long. Yeah. You can have a big year in coverage. 
is to come hang out with us in Toronto and probably do some game stuff, you know, get in around the Raptors and the 905 and all that kind of stuff. So just stay tuned with him, not just this year, but just his career as a person who covers sports. He's one of the best doing it. Just stay tuned. Things are happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to double down on that. Um, you know, it's it's really cool to see like RR Raptors Republic just continue to like pump out just great people you know it's 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 actually pretty incredible so shout out to mac put this in the beginning man somehow yes. copy and paste this and throw this at the front and just like you know hey listen to these guys rave about me but yeah no support max support what he does and and obviously listen to the podcast and whatnot um you know shout out to samson as well he's gonna be doing his thing this year mr on the on the ground in the ground um, but yeah yeah that's it and uh, S, your your episode's coming out Friday on... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I've got uh, a video on RJ Barrett. So if you're still tuned in, we got something coming up on Friday. But yeah. Nice. So until next time, please remember to like, subscribe, and raise the vibe. Peace. Peace.